Without the resurrection, we got nothing to celebrate. We got no hope of heaven. We got no salvation, no good news, no relationship with God. As Christ's apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, if Christ hasn't been raised, then your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. And then those also who have fallen asleep, who've died in Christ, are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we're of all people to be most pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. So without that resurrection, Jesus is just another dead guy who can't save anybody. Without the resurrection, we have no hope beyond the grave, no confidence. Because everything ultimately means it's nothingness, it's meaninglessness, it's hopelessness. We're no, we have no more significance than a slug. No more permanence than an empty soap bubble drifting aimlessly until it pops and dissolves. But with Christ, very different. We have life, life eternal, abundant life. We have hope, we have purpose because what we do here matters because this is not the end. There is more beyond the grave. And so our big idea is come to life, return to Christ. Now, after the past year, we've gone through such a tumultuous, depressing time filled with grief and anxiety and fear, it's made us reevaluate what's really most important in life. Where, where are you spiritually? I'm going to be talking to three different groups of people today, and I want you to see which group you might fit into best and how the resurrection relates to each group. The first group, maybe you're here, you need rebirth. What's rebirth? Well, it's coming to life. And it comes from the story of a man named Nicodemus, a religious man approaching Jesus. It's found in the Bible in John chapter 3, where Jesus told him, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. There it is, rebirth. And that word again can actually be translated from above. So the idea of having a new life from God. You can't enter heaven without this spiritual rebirth. Well, how can someone be born when they're old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they can't enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. I mean, valid question, but obviously missing the spiritual point. So Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. That's, that's the change. Flesh gives birth to flesh, you know, physical birth. But the spirit gives birth to spirit. So we're talking about a spiritual birth. He's talking about that moment when we receive that new life. And that moment happens during baptism. Baptism is when we're lowered down into water and we are immersed into a new life. Because look, if you want a new life, it's gonna cost you your old one, which means your old one has to die. That's why baptism is like a burial. You're buried with Christ in baptism, but rise up to a brand new life. That's why baptism is like a tomb. Because you die, but you come up a new person, forgiven of your sins, cleansed inwardly by the sacrifice of Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit. But more than a tomb, it's also a womb, because this is where you come up to new life as a new creation, born into a new family, with a, a new kingdom. You're in a new world. So the point is, either you are dead or alive. There really is no in-between. Where are you? Jesus goes on in verses 16 and 17 to say, For God so loved the world 
that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not what? Perish. You won't die spiritually. You won't be cut off from the source of life. For God didn't send the son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He came to give you eternal life. So look, bottom line is, it doesn't really matter where you are spiritually in terms of, are you an atheist? Are you an agnostic? Are you a Jewish? Are you Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, Catholic, Lutheran, Methodist? It doesn't matter. We all need rebirth. And you can go through all the motions. You can go through all the rituals of religion. But until you have a regeneration of heart, which comes through personally trusting in Christ as your Savior, you're as good as dead. Everybody needs Jesus. Maybe you've, you've grown up in church, playing church. You know, you, you, you did all the religious things you're supposed to do, but you are always unsure and confused about whether or not you're really a Christian. Because look, what happened to you when you were a baby is they took that water and they sprinkled it on you and they told you you're good to go, you're going to heaven now, and you passed your confirmation, but it never really took. There's never really been any difference in your life. Why? Because it wasn't your decision. Somebody did that for you and to you, but you didn't personally make Christ your Lord and Savior. So you just continue to go through the motions and you did religious things that would make you feel spiritual or make you feel better, but somehow you still feel empty, restless, afraid to die. Something's been missing. Why? Because being religious isn't enough. You need regeneration inside. Being good isn't good enough. Doing all the good works and charity and all, that's not enough. You need repentance. You need to respond personally to God's offer. So Jesus says in Luke 13, unless you repent, you too shall all perish. We'll die. We'll, we'll go to hell. That's why the way we go leads to death. It leads us away from God. And until you repent, you do that 180 U-turn and start heading God's way. That's the way to life. That has to be a conscious decision of saying, I'm going to cross the line of faith. I'm going to confess my sins to God, confess Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior, my Messiah. Because Romans 10 promises that if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So maybe that's where you are today. You're realizing, I, I need to do this. I've never experienced this. Are you ready to be baptized into Christ? If you trust Christ as Savior, if you've repented of your sins, then you're ready to be born of water and the Spirit. Forgiven, cleansed, and filled with the Holy Spirit. So do something about it today. Reach out. Let us help you with that decision. Text your name or email us to the numbers and address you see on the screen. That works whether you're here or whether you're online. And we will get back to you as soon as possible. And we will get you ready for your baptism today. Or maybe you just need somebody to pray with you. Or you've got some questions. Go out after the service to the point near the main doors or come up here to the front and I'll have some friends there ready to help you with whatever you're, you're needing to do. But if you're ready to be baptized today, there's, this is the day to do it. You don't have to delay to another day. We've got everything you need. We've got these private changing rooms back 
stage. We're not going <laughs> to baptize you in this little tub. We're not going to squish you in there. We've got this big tub back there, right there. It's called a baptistry, full of warm water. We've got fresh clothes for you. We're going to give you a free T-shirt that says, best decision ever. And when you come up out of the water, you're not going to look any different on the outside other than soaking wet, but you will be different on the inside. And don't worry, we've got towels and, and uh, uh, hair dryers, whatever you need to make that best decision ever. And even if you're at home, contact us. We'll get you in here as soon as possible to do it. Or we even show you how to do it at home in your own bathtub. That's right. So some of you need water, but some of you need fire. So let me talk to those of you who need renewal. When you first got saved, you were on fire for the Lord, right? You were, you were saved, forgiven, filled with the Spirit. You experienced this time of refreshing, but somewhere along the way, you've, you've, you've grown stagnant. You've grown stale in your faith. And maybe over this past year, you've really felt uninvolved and disconnected. You've backed off and slacked off and grown complacent and casual. And so you're going through this dry season where you're weary and you're wilting and withering. And maybe you're, go you're still going through the motions, but you're not really worshiping and you're not really sharing in communion and you're not really serving. Or maybe you're so overly involved that you're burning out and you're losing your passion. You're losing your hunger for the things of God. But wherever you are right now, you might be feeling, I, I need some re-energizing. I need some recharging. I am, I'm feeling weary. I'm feeling uh, tired from, from this. I need some renewal. Well, that's okay. I mean, I think the, the average Christian needs some renewal from time to time. Because maybe I think the word average means kind of the same thing as lukewarm. And you may know the risen Christ spoke to the church in Laodicea through the Apostle John in Revelation 3. When he said, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other, but because you're neither hot or cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. What's he saying? You got to come out of that complacency. You got to get your, your passion back. Being a lukewarm Christian is not a good place to be because you've taken God off the back burner of your life. Or you, you put him on the back burner. He's no longer at the front. He's no longer the most important thing to you anymore. And I'm not talking about you need to get this fire like a hyped up emotional experience because you can't live on the spiritual mountaintop all the time of intense spiritual emotion. You know, it's just not realistic to always stay there. And it's really not about feelings anyway. Feelings are nice, they're good, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something far more serious. So how do you get refreshed? Well, it, it begins with saying, I am going to get serious about this. This is important that I... I do something. So here's what the New Living Translation says in verse 19. Jesus goes on, says to the Laodiceans, here's what you got to do. Be diligent and turn from your indifference. Or as the English Standard Version says, so be zealous and repent. So you got to do something about this to restore the freshness in your life. What do you do? And I, I wish I had a good answer. Like here's three easy steps to spiritual renewal. And I don't. All I know is that you have got to shake things up a little bit and unplug from the daily busyness and futile thinking of this world and get alone with God again and learn to, to put him first. I mean, you, 
to, to say, I'm going to go into those hidden places with God and, and withdraw for renewal because it's something that happens from the inside out. And I know that because Jesus would often get away from the pressing demands and the crowds around him and just get off and be alone with his father and pray. And that would recharge him for the ministry that he was supposed to do. So don't settle for where you are. Recognize your need for renewal and want it. I mean, do you really want it? If so, then ask God for it. You got to ask. Remember back in the day, long time ago, when we used to go to these places called movie theaters and order popcorn? You remember, you remember ordering popcorn? And it's good, but you know, they'll just give you whatever is in the bottom of that big old bin full of popcorn, however long it's been sitting there, unless you ask for fresh popcorn. And if you ask for it, they have to give it to you fresh right out of the popper, which is so much better. I mean, same way you go to a restaurant, you ask for French fries. They're going to give you whatever limp, warmed over stuff that's been sitting under the lamp all day, unless you ask for fresh fries. Did you know that you could do that? Just ask and they have to make them right on the spot. They come out crisp and piping hot. And now I want French fries and popcorn. But it, you got to ask, which is why the Apostle Paul's prayer for us is this in Ephesians 1. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? So that you may know him better. Wouldn't you like that? And his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realm. In other words, that same power that resurrected Christ is available to you because you are connected to Christ. His life is in you. You have the Holy Spirit, his power. And that Greek word, the original word there for power and strength is the word dunamis. And you can hear a couple words that come from dunamis, dynamite and dynamic. So you've got this explosive power in you through the Holy Spirit and you're not going to be able to live that resurrected life until you let him live his life through you. If you keep trying to do this on your own, to force it and say, I'm going to do this and do that and do more and try harder, you're going to get really tired. You're going to wear out, burn out, and you're going to be very frustrated until you realize I can't live it in my own strength. I got to live it in his strength. I'm, I'm going to rest in the finished work of Christ on the cross. That's what grace is about. So renewal is asking God, speaking to God, but it's also letting God speak to you through his word, listening to his word, reading his word, because it begins to shape your thinking. So you're thinking the same thoughts as God. And that means throughout the week, I'm staying connected with, with not only prayer and scripture, but personal worship, where I'm focusing on God's goodness and his greatness where I'm, I'm filling myself up with his promises and his presence and his power, even when he seems absent. I'm not going to rely on my feelings. I'm going to continue to worship, to quote scriptures of praise to him, to, uh, to sing songs of worship to him. Because, guys, here's what I think happens. When we focus on God, when we lift him up, we end up getting uplifted ourselves. You know, for Christmas, I bought us a, 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 one of these fire pits. 
because I thought how nice it would be sometimes to sit out on the patio with my wife on a cool evening and light up a fire and just relax and that'll be great. So of course I did the research first, right? You got to Google like what's, what's the best fire pit to get. And what I really wanted to do was buy one of those kind that are automatic. You just flip the switch and there's the fire, you know, <laughs> real simple and easy. But I realized it was saying those fires don't get very hot. And I said, well, that's not going to do. I said, if you want to get a hot fire, you got to buy a fire pit, the real deal where, you know, there's, you got to do the hard work of lining the pit with sand and cutting up the wood and putting it in there with some kindling and, and tinder. And you got to get, you know, the poker stick and the, and the lighter and, and just, you know, try and try to get that fire started. And I did. I've, I've done it one time so far and I couldn't get it going, man. I mean, I was doing everything, you know, I'm blowing on it and I'm waving at it and everything. And I could... I couldn't get that much beyond a small little flame before it would go out again. But you know what? I'm going to keep trying and we're going to have ourselves a good hot fire one of these days. My point is God did not wire you with a switch to flip and automatically, woo, now I got the spirit. Now I'm, you know, I got a hot heart for the Lord. I got that holy fire within me. It's not the way it works. Sometimes it takes effort. It takes trying different ways to get it going. It takes time. Why? Because renewal is a process. That's why Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, therefore we don't lose heart, we don't give up. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're what? We're being renewed day by day by day by day. It's a process. And no matter what you're going through, what, what you're suffering, what you're struggling under, God has given you a fuel to pour on that, those sparks. Now, I also learned you're not supposed to pour gasoline <laughs> into a fire pit. Okay, don't do that. It works, but don't do that because it's dangerous. God has given you a supernatural fuel called the Holy Spirit that you, you need to just soak him in. And pretty soon, it's gonna catch fire. And even if the fire starts to go out, you just keep fanning that flame back in because that spirit is not leaving you. Put him on the front burner of your life from now on. As Paul says in Romans 12, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, your passion, your enthusiasm, serving the Lord. Keep the fire burning. Don't settle for average or common. Be uncommon. Get renewed through drawing close to God. Because he says, if you do that, I will draw close to you. So... That's got to be something you, you bring your whole heart. You can't do this half-heartedly. Just go, okay, I'll go through the motions. I'll do this and that. And it's not real. If you, if you come to it and say, all right, well, if I, do I have to do this? No, you don't have to do it. You get to do it. You get to go to church and worship the Lord. You get to read his word and let his promises fill your mind. You get to take your concerns to him in prayer. You get to meet needs and make a difference by serving him. You know how I many people would love to be able to do that and they're not allowed to? They can't. No, I don't have to. I get to. I'm not doing this just out of duty and obligations because I want to. I'm doing it because I love him, because I'm responding to his incredible love and amazing grace for me. That's a different motivation. Guys, life is too short to stay stuck where you are without experiencing the kind of life Jesus intended for you. What kind is it? John 10, 10, he says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Abundant life, fully alive. You remember those lukewarm Laodiceans that Jesus said, you're neither hot or cold, I'm going to spit you out? He also offered them an invitation. He goes on in Revelation 3 to say, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. 
If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Okay, so I want you to picture Jesus standing outside the door of your heart, knocking to be let in. And he'd say, well, I've heard that before. That's how you invite somebody to accept Christ. No, he's not writing that to unbelievers. He wrote that to the church. He says, Christians, you got to continually welcome Jesus in if you want to get fired up. If you want to get a hot heart, have that holy fire. Now, some of y'all, I know how this works. You've got a ring on your doorbell. You know, one of those cameras on your doorbell and you monitor it, you know, to see who's there. You hear the knock, you hear the ringing. Like, who's there? And you're like, oh, it's Jesus. Jesus. What's Jesus Jesus doing here? What's he want? Why didn't he just leave it at the door and leave? Because he's, come on, he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to come inside and fellowship and have a meal and just hang out. Why? Because he loves you. You got to fall in love with him again. Okay, I got to talk to one more group here. Those who need revival. What's revival? Well, who needs revival? Those who are mostly dead. You remember that great scene from the classic movie, Princess Bride? You know, that. remember when Wesley, the hero, he's, he's tortured by Prince Humperdinck and his two friends bring him to Miracle Max and they say, Max, you gotta help our friend. He's dead. He needs a miracle. He's dead. Miracle Max prods around a little bit and then concludes, oh, your friend is only mostly dead. There's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. Mostly dead is slightly alive. And he gives him a chocolate covered pill that revives him, right? Now Jesus, he was all dead. And it took a miracle to raise him up again. I'm talking about your your spiritual revival to come alive in Christ again. You used to be alive, but what's happened? You've, You've faded away, you've fallen away. You've drifted away, you've backed away, and you need to come back to life again. As Jesus goes on to say, look, I don't have a magic pill for you, but I got a word from the Lord because he speaks to the church in Ephesus in Revelation 2 and says, you have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Remember at first when you were a Christian, it was so exhilarating, so joyful, so much love, and, and wow, I can't believe it. But again, At some point, you got off track, you started to fall back, return to your old ways of living. And he says, you got to repent because here's where you are now. You're straddling the fence. You got one foot in, one foot out. You know what I mean? You got one foot in the church, one foot in the world. This is a place of compromise and I am not going to straddle this fence because it is an uncomfortable place to be and it really is because you're trying to have the best of both worlds and you're miserable because you're saying how far away from God can I get and still consider myself a Christian instead of saying how close can I get to God and become more like Christ. And so you're running around, you're trying this and that, you're hooked on this and that, you're you're caving in to these um, carnal cravings and spewing profanity and vulgarity and living a double life, being deceived and seduced by the world. And you're wondering, why, why why aren't I experiencing the life God wants? Well, how in the world do you expect God to listen to you, to bless you, to show you favor when you're living with one foot in, one foot out? See, instead of embracing the world, we need to be renouncing the world. You see, what, what happens is it's very easy to drift from commitment to Christ. 
but you will never drift into commitment. You have to decide, am I going to be a committed Christian, committed, or a casual Christian who's really no different than the rest of the world? You have to say, all right, enough's enough to, to make an intentional, decisive act and get off the fence once and for all. You say, but you don't understand. You don't know what I've done. God can never forgive me. You don't know my past. Well, God knows your past. And yeah, you've got a past, but you've got a future. Because God says, oh, I see what you've done, but let me do what only I can do. Will you let me do that? God wants to do so much in your life if you'll let him. He's the God of second chances. He loves you so much. And I know it might feel like your life is falling apart and everything is against you and the walls are closing in and the sky is falling. But God didn't bring you this far to fail you. You've messed up, but he hasn't given up. Yeah, your breakdown was terrible, but your bounce back can be terrific. You're here, and so there's hope. He is so willing to forgive those who are humble and brokenhearted, like in the story of the prodigal. You know, have you heard that story Jesus told about a young man who left his father and his family, took all the inheritance money and went as far away as he could and got as low as he could into wild, rebellious living, blew all his money, got to such a, a miserable point. He said, what am I doing? What have I done? Why, I just need to go back home. But he was afraid to go back home to his dad because he, he didn't know if he would be accepted and welcomed back after all he had done. But he decided, well, what other choice do I have? I'll just go back and apologize and whatever happens, happens. So he heads back home and in the distance he sees his father. But his father is running toward him with open arms and he embraces him and he says, my son, he's back. He was dead, but now he's alive. He didn't throw a fit, he threw a party. God is so willing to accept you back if you will just return. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to Christ. And I'm not talking about a big public deal in front of everybody. I'm just saying maybe it's time to, to reach out and let us help you rededicate your life so that it's not just another empty Easter promise, but that you make it real today by meeting with one of us here. So you can once and for all, let's, okay, let's put those sins to death. Let's put them behind me. Let's nail them to the cross because Jesus was nailed to the cross for my sins. He died for me. I'm going to live for him. Return to, to your first love. To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Direct all your heart's longing toward him. Quit fighting him. Quit refusing his leadership. Surrender to him. What you feel right now is the nudging of the Holy Spirit. You feel the conviction of the word of God and it's, it's piercing you and it hurts, but that's a good thing that it hurts because that means you're not dead yet. There's still hope. So come to life, return to Christ because he's returning for you one day. You know that it could be today that he'll descend from the sky. Will you be ready for that? Would you take a step right now with me in prayer and let's make it real. Pray with me. If you're somebody who needs to get off the fence, Pray, Lord Jesus, I need to be revived. I know that. I need you. And I feel like others have given up on me, but I know you haven't. 
So I'm still here, Lord, so I, I'm, I'm still breathing, so you got me here for a purpose. Not my purpose, but yours, so God, I'm sorry, I repent. I'm not going to play around anymore. I'm returning to you. I want, I want you to be first in my life. I want to return the love that you have for me. Strengthen me by your Holy Spirit so I can live a holy life. We're still praying, but if you're now somebody who needs to be fired up and say, Lord, I need to be renewed. I'm tired of being average and lukewarm and half-hearted. I don't want to stay that way. Lord, would you forgive me for putting you on the back burner? I'm asking for refreshment in my spirit by filling me with your spirit. I want that abundant life. I want more of Jesus. I'm coming back to full devotion. Lord, do your work in me. Go ahead. And some of you right now, you, 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 you need the water. Some of you need the fire. Some of you need the water. You need that resurrected life. So pray, Lord, I want that rebirth. I'm sorry for my unbelief, for my disobedience. I, I don't want to carry the shame of my regrets any longer. I repent. I accept Jesus. You be my savior. I believe in my heart you died for me. You rose from the dead. And I confess that you are Lord. You're my Lord. And I'm ready to be washed clean forgiven and filled with your spirit as I enter those waters and rise up, make me a new creation in Jesus' name, amen. Maybe your next step today is simply to decide, I'm gonna come back next week. I'm gonna give this another shot. Or even better, I'm gonna start coming back every week from now on because you're wanted here. Come back to community. So when you came in, you got a bag and if you didn't get one, make sure you grab one on the way out because it's got some things in there. It's got an invitation card for next week. We begin a new series called Making a Difference because God wants to use you to meet needs and bless others and make disciples. So join us for that. And another invitation card is for our 29th birthday on April 16th outdoors. We're going to have uh, food trucks and games and worship and a family movie afterward. And also in your bag, there's a decal that has our church name and website on there. Would you peel that off and stick it on your car someplace? Because that's another way to invite other people to join us. So we're going to sing, sing right now about our victory in Christ. This song is going to direct us again to Jesus' victory over the grave. We're going to stand together, and after we sing, we're going to share in communion.